Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 110. It is time for me, Mike Parsons and Mark Pearson Freeland to jump into a brand new series. Hello. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. This is a fantastic episode we've got ahead. What a way to, you know, continue kicking off the brand new year of 2021, eh? I have to agree. And I think that there is, you know, here we are, we're in January, it's 2021, and things are kind of a little bit odd and a little bit weird, um, but it's sort of time to take control of things, be true moonshotters, and get the right mindset and to go forward and boy. Today, have we got someone that is going to turbocharge us for the year, right? Today, we have a fantastic, inspirational moonshotter, Mike, called Kyle Maynard. We're covering his true story book, No Excuses, and we're going to be digging into exactly as you say, the positive mindsets, the paths to success that he's gone on, as well as this concept of resilience that I believe coming off the back of last year and the first few weeks of January 2021 is the perfect North Star piece of inspiration that, you know, can guide us as we embark on this uh, new year of new moonshotters. I totally agree. And um, I'm trying to think this next hour will be full of inspiration and positivity and energy. Can you think of a previous show where we've had uh, a focused on a innovator um, that has just this much energy. I mean, is there anyone that comes close? I mean, David Goggins, he was pretty powerful. Um, who else comes to mind as being sort of more on the high energy end? Well, I mean, from a high energy perspective, we've got Gary V. We of had course, yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. He was pretty, uh, shall I say, passionate. Um, you yeah, know, you yeah. need an adult adult warning before listening to that show. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I think their positive can-do attitudes are very in line with, with Kyle Maynard's. Having mm-hmm. said that, their backgrounds, I mean, as we're going to find out in this show, the backgrounds could not be more different. You know, Kyle has such an incredible backstory and oh, life he does. that he's living. He does. Yeah. So, so let me pitch you how special Kyle is and why we should all like spend the next hour together learning. Uh, This guy, he has fought MMA. He's climbed Kilimanjaro. I mean, this guy has done some amazing things. What else has he done? Well, I mean, the thing that we're leaving out, Mike, is the fact that he was so disadvantaged from the day that he was born. He doesn't, Kyle Maynard, even though he's excelled as this champion athlete, as well as an inspirational speaker, he was born without arms and legs from the elbow down. I mean, it's just such a disadvantage. And let me tell you, we can take something from him. There is so much to learn from him because he never let this stop him or keep him down. And frankly, Mark, when we were listening to the clips and doing the research for this show, the only thought you have when you hear what he has accomplished under the challenges and constraints by which he has done them, you can only say to yourself, what the hell am I complaining about? (laughs) (laughs) There is no reason to complain. So Mark, 
I am pumped up. I'm ready to go. I think we should fire up and introduce ourselves to Kyle Maynard. What do you think? Yeah, this first clip, let's get straight into it. We want to hear from Kyle Maynard himself about who he is. My name is Kyle Maynard. My entire life, some people have told me that my dreams were impossible. I know in my heart that they weren't. When he was born, you know, the world we realized wasn't really set up for Kyle. Forgive me for being so blunt, but it, it, it seems to me that if a guy like you quits every time he can't do something the first time around, you're going to be quitting at a, a whole bunch of things. Some of my dreams led me to break world records in weightlifting, climb into a cage and fight in mixed martial arts, and crawl to the 19,000 foot roof of Africa. I still have a few more dreams yet to live. Wow, wow, wow. He's won the ESPY award from ESPN for best athlete twice, right? <laughs> That's up there with like MJ and Kobe. His book was a New York Times bestseller. He has uh, broken world records, not only in sports and MMA, weightlifting. <laughs> the, the guy has 36 wrestling victories and he has no arms and legs, Mark. I mean, this just resets everything that we might assume uh, to be barriers, to be limits. And that is why we can really be good students um, today listening to the thoughts and discussing Kyle Maynard. It, it truly is uh, a pretty exciting proposition to kick off the year, right? Yeah, you're, that, I like that word. I just want to come back to that, this idea of resetting. This mm. end of the year, beginning of new year, let's reset our um, mindsets or, or challenges, problems, uh, and rethink how we look at challenges. You know, his Kyle Maynard's ability to never give up or never quit and always strive for those dreams, as he was telling us in that clip, MMA, climbing Kilimanjaro, you know, he happened to break records, but not necessarily because he was targeting them. I think he just wanted to go and do it. So he set mm. himself that challenge, that ambition, and he never quit. And that, for me, straight off the bat, you know, beginning of the episode, I'm already <laughs> inspired by Kyle. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's very Goggins-esque, yeah. I think, if we were to look at other moonshotters. And um, if we kind of break apart what's in store for us is there's two big buckets, very moonshots themes. Uh, one is understanding and maybe challenging how we perceive our own potential. And, you know, this is very much in theme with something we talk about, which is being the very best version of yourself. So we've got some great clips coming up. We've got three there for, you know, realizing our potential. But when we're on that journey, Mark, the other thing we have to face is this idea of failure. And boy, do we talk about reimagining the way we need to process failure. If we can walk away from the shame and look at as the, look at the learning and the growth that comes through failure, and look, Carl Mannat has got a lot to teach us uh, on this idea of you know, rethinking 
uh, failure and, and how we should better embrace failure. So what an action-packed uh, uh, bunch of learnings. Mark, hit us up. Where are we going to start? Well, let's start straight away with this concept of potential, which I think from day zero, Carl Maynard always, always had in his mind. So I want to hear from Kyle right now telling us that anything is possible as long as you have the right mindset. Anything is possible. I love the spirit of that. I love the spirit of that. I don't believe it's true. Anything is possible, cool, go bench press 10,000 pounds or 100,000 pounds. But what I think is actually more effective is really to go and say, like, to tell the truth to ourselves, to like, actually know our limits. Like, to truly know our limits. And to truly know our limits, we have to go and test those limits. Without that, it's just an assumption. The first time actually on Kilimanjaro, what I thought was I found myself on the fourth night in the trip and I was completely physically broken. Bear crawling for six to seven hours a day, my arms were swelling up, my feet. The pain gotten to be really intense and I thought, like, I'm done. It's only four days we projected that was going to take us 15 days to reach the summit. I thought that next morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to go in helicopter out. On Aconcagua, is the same day and the fourth day. And this, this day in particular, you see in this photo, it was like close to a thousand pull-ups through these ice fields called penitentes. And you got to the top of this thing. It was a scree field where I'm just sliding down like faster than, than I could go and climb. And all of a sudden I get to the top of the scree field. It was physically more exhausted than I'd ever been. And my guide yells rock and watermelon-sized boulder releases goes by a foot away from my head as I dove under a rock. You know, I'm questioning that night too. I was in the tent, just laying there crying, thinking like, why am I here? When I was born, my parents had no idea I was gonna be born with a disability. It was a very sudden thing. The ultrasound technology was a lot different. They had normal checkups, normal ultrasounds, normal pregnancy, normal first birth up until I was born. And then in those first couple of days, the conversations were, were kind of grim, you know? It's, you're gonna have to probably take care of Kyle with everything. You're gonna have to feed him and clothe him and dress him. You're never gonna really be able to do much of anything on his own. It's kind of what their prognosis was. My grandparents, just within hours after I was born, they were in Fort Wayne, Indiana and hopped in the car, drove to DC. And my grandma told my mom, she said, you know, if you can just look at his face and look at his smile, see his eyes, you know that everything was gonna be okay. Well, I mean, you hear that clip and the first thought is, Mike, gee, it sounds like he was so blessed with the family that he had. It sounds like they wanted to set him up for success. I mean, that's the first thought, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it does remind you, and we've covered this a little bit, um, it comes to mind Patrick Lencioni, you know, yeah. when you've got the structures and the foundation of a good team, and in obviously Carl Maynard's case, you know, family um, is obviously the team here, you can give yourself the confidence or the courage to push that a little bit harder and to have that positive mindset. I think that's a good, straight off the bat, it's a, it's a good reminder of that, I think. Yeah, and, and also the fact that he even attempted to climb the mountain, to climb Kilimanjaro, but then to listen to the challenges he faced throughout that journey and even still he was faced with the question that we all have is like, oh, I should just stop, right? Whether it's at work, on a startup, on a project, 
to be quite honest, Mark, when I'm doing a tough run, that thought does come into my mind. I think uh, it is really about the capacity to go through those those barriers. Um, and my question for you is like, what are some of the things you do when you're on the mountain and the boulder comes? Yeah, well, that's true. I, I actually think Kyle's reference to this scree field with the boulder coming down and him having to duck under a rock is a perfect visual metaphor for when you're going for a run or whether you've got something tough at work and you're just getting ground. You're, sorry, yeah, you're getting kind of uh, grinded down to the ground, so to speak. For me, it's... It's tough, isn't it? Having that resilience in your mind to just keep on plowing. I think- yeah, So how, how, do you, how do you do it, man? Yeah, I, th- I think what I do is, you know, take a breath, remember that I'm working with people and it's a shared burden. Mm. You know, I'm not the only one going through this marathon or scree field. I'm not the only one having to duck out of the way when a rock is rolling down the hill. That's right. So can I just say to that, it's like when people, everyone I talk to, when we discuss the idea of, of 2020, I think everybody says the same things, no matter what part of my life they're from. Everybody from direct friends, colleagues, uh, relations, new people that I meet, family, you name it, everyone's like, boh, so tough. Uh, You know, I was talking with a friend the other day and he's just like, man, the stress at work is crazy. And you know what? That theme of uncertainty and challenge is, I mean, it's like it's at peak (laughs) uh, coming out of 2020. And um, so I think you're absolutely right. We are all going through challenge. And I think what's in front of us right now with this show with these thoughts from Kyle is that it is your mindset that will get you through. Your mindset will get you to the top of Kilimanjaro. And in a kind of way, when you hear people who've done amazing things and they reveal that they had negative thoughts and doubt in their mind, it somehow makes it a little easier for us, doesn't it? Because you hear like, okay, well, even Kyle is having doubts, (laughs) right? Yeah, I, I think this is one of the, the fun things of, of learning out loud together. We are digging into these innovators and other moonshotters and making it feel quite approachable. I think challenges when they're on your back and you haven't shared it, where you feel as though oh, you're yeah. the only one carrying the world. Totally. That's when it gets really intense and stressful, right? But actually, as we go through the practice of digging into um, – mindsets of these these innovators on the show you think okay well if if they can do it well maybe so can i and it's i think it's quite inspirational to feel as though you've got a relation or relatability to that to that innovator yeah totally and i think um the build that i'd give you here is that um we often have this inbuilt thing which is uh, fight or flight when we face challenge. And this is a genetic thing where our survival instincts kick in. So this is the thing when you are, and I'll use my running analogy, you can guess what I did over the holiday break, a lot (laughs) of running. Um, And the thing is that when you're under hardship, 
mentally, physically, emotionally, it is a natural response to either want to run away or to fight it in in a negative sense. And if you understand that this reaction is just automatically triggered, you can do what Joe Rogan talked a lot about is getting comfortable with discomfort, right? Getting used to it, embracing the discomfort, knowing that when you're running and it's so hard, you're actually thinking about stopping because you're worried about your breath. This is just natural instincts kicking in. And once you know that that's what it is, you can control it and go beyond it. Just like when you face uncertainty in uh, bringing your visions to life, whether they're a project, uh, whether it's at work, it doesn't matter. And I think the starting point for all of that is that if you understand your limits, this is a starting point to actually improving and growing your capacity as a human. And I tell you what, I want you to listen up because we are now going to listen to Carl Maynard, who's got a real treat for us, which is all about understanding your limits and breaking through them. There are going to be people that are receptive to ideas, and we're going to go and spend, it's sort of Pareto's principle, right? We're going to go into the 80-20 rule. We're going to go and spend 80% of our time arguing with this minute group of people that that, you know, aren't going to go and change their mind anyway, that are going stuck in the same patterns and routines. And I think sometimes we have to go and give that up. And we also, too, in the idea of, like, excuses and, and limitations, like, we have to go and give up knowing what that is. There's two of my favorite, like, philosophers, get really geeky for a second, but, like, Martin Heidegger and John Paul Sartre, they both talked about this idea of facticity. And so that's, that's like, the backdrop of, like, all of, like, the, the situation that we were thrown into when we were born. You know, our language, our skin color, our like socioeconomic stuff, the location, language, all, like the arms, legs, no arms and legs, all that. And really, like what we go and do with that, though, like all that stuff, too, is like that's completely outside of our control. But once we're awakened to go and the idea of our own potential and our personal responsibility is like we get to go and decide what we go and do with that. And that's a choice. And that's something we can go and teach. And the more people we can go and teach that, the more people we can go and wake up, then I believe that the more people, to Daniel's point, you know, are going to go and, and care about like, what is like the, you know, what, what actually matters in this world. And it's amazing to go and see like, the progress that we've gotten to go and, and, and make even over the last decade, if you think about it. It's crazy. But really, with like limits, you know, I think it said no limits. The, really, the better idea to go and think about this is like, to, to know like, where are those limits right now? But never, ever stop trying to break them. If every one of us in this room were to go and give up our biggest excuse, how different would the world look a year from today, three months from today? What would be possible? What would be possible if you just accept things rather than making excuses? I mean, woof. Again, if there's anybody in, <laughs> in the Moonshots repertoire in our library and archive or anybody who's out in the world, Somebody like Kyle is the perfect figurehead, I suppose, in this space by saying, just accept what you have. Don't make excuses of why you can't do something. If, If that's what you want to go and do, try and make it work. Deal with the situation and go and work on it to the best of your capability. That's how I interpret that, Mike. How are you, how are you, um, hearing from Kyle, this concept of potential and, knowing your limits. I, I guess, I mean, um, he mentioned a word there. He said it very quickly. It's uh, facticity. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and what does it, tell me more about what that means? Well, it's got a variety of meanings, but ultimately I think the way that Kyle's referring to it here is, um, you know, acceptance, contingency, uh, the fact that you know your human existence mm-hmm. and you accept the situation that you have. It's kind of like a form of, uh, I'm, I'm obviously playing it down a little bit due to my lack of um, sociology, I suppose, and, and philosophy. <laughs> but, so I apologize, listeners, for, uh, for probably dumbing it down a little bit too much. But when you think about existentialism, um, it's kind of just accepting the reality for what it is and not allowing yes, it to and, be a problem. And- and so what I took from that is that he then says, oh, great, that is the starting point and I'm going to set some stretch goals beyond that. Mm. Yes. So he doesn't say, oh, know your limits and accept them as being the end but rather the start. Correct. The start of being uh, thrown into the world and having that brute fact and saying, okay, well, here we go. Mm. And I think it's all in uh, service of trying to scratch that itch to be the best that we can be. And I think um, it's so powerful because once you have that baseline, Carl Maynard is essentially arguing, okay, well then see, set your stretch goals and push beyond that. Um, Accept the constraints that you have, but don't accept that that limits your potential. And it's such a powerful thing because, you know, I was, um, I was watching the CrossFit games and uh, there's this uh, guy, Matt Fraser, who's won it for the guys version for like the last three or four years. And uh, I was just, I just caught uh, an interview with him and uh, he said to himself, I think that most people do not realize how much potential they have. I mean, this is the guy for four years in a row who's, you know, single-handedly been one of the fittest and strongest men in the world. Um, And he is, I mean, he's dominant in CrossFit. And um, what's fascinating is it seems like the people that do remarkable things have such a bigger view a bigger imagination. They dream bigger about their own potential. And it's almost like a lot of us accept our lot in life and the constraint and the limit upon us. And one of the mindset differences that we see with people like Carl Maynard or Matt Fraser or many, many, many others, I mean, Michael Jordan comes to mind a lot here, is that they just have a bigger appreciation, a bigger sense of their own potential. And what they often come down to is that what we don't realize is potential is only limited by ourselves. And so that's why so many people feel frustrated with their lot in life because they dream so small. And those that succeed so much, like Carl, he's like, oh, I see my limits. I see my constraints as the starting points for my stretch goals, for my growth, for my potential. Whew. I mean, that's pretty impressive, right? And, and just to build on, on that, Mike, it reminds me again of that first clip we had from Kyle when he references that his dreams broke records. Again, 
he wasn't necessarily accepting his his lot, so to speak, and saying, right, well, that's it then. That's my limit. He was saying, you know, I want to go and climb this mountain and I will give myself that stretch goal in order to go and achieve that dream of mine. You know, he, mm. I, I, I do like this concept of, you know, seeing a potential only limited by your almost imagination and your strength of mind. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of sets us up for his next thought, which is, you know, really unlocking what is the very best version of ourselves. The very first time I got myself dressed, I was 16 years old. It was my summer going into, um, summer break going into my junior year of high school. I was sitting at home in my sweatpants and my best friend Joey calls me up and he says that him and his mom wanted to come and pick me up and take me out to a movie in like an hour. Sitting at home, home alone, and my mom was five minutes away at a local park watching my sisters play in a softball tournament. And I told her, I said, there's absolutely no way I'm asking my best friend or my best friend's mom to get me dressed. She said, let me call you back in a couple minutes. Five minutes later, she called back and she said, I'm sorry, I can't leave. You're gonna have to find a way to do this on your own. So I had to go through a grief cycle pretty quick. You know, I had 32 seconds to be sad and maybe another 29 seconds to be really ticked off at her and had to figure out how to do this. Now the clock's ticking, so I've got an hour window to go in to make this happen. So I went and started with my left sock and battled with a sock, trying to get this on my foot. And finally found um, some kind of tool. I knew that there would be some kind of tool to use to, to get the, the sock on. My dad was an engineer and always helped me think outside of the box. So I went and found some paper clips and undid the paper clips in my mouth to shape a hook. So I stuck the paper clip inside the sock and I just fought with this thing for like 30 minutes to get that first sock on. The next sock I was able to figure out in about 15 minutes and used my same paper clip system for that and went and leaned back and stuck the, uh, the paper clip inside the zipper of my pants and used that to go and zip my pants up for the first time. That whole process all together took like an hour. Now when I get dressed on my own, it takes maybe a minute. If I'm just throwing on my, my socks and throwing on my pants, zipping up my pants, I, I don't use the same um, adaptation. I figured out how to do it just with the ends of my arms and it maybe takes a minute. But where we start anything, it's, it's really, really hard at first. But I think in order for our next generation to be a better version of ourselves, then we do have to learn how to fail. And sometimes failure is not fun, but I believe it is the only way to go outside of our comfort zone and to learn, is to be knocked down and, and to learn how to go and, and to stand back up. Oh, it's all, oh, I mean, just before, actually just before I dig into a few comments, I just want to take a breath. Wow. What a story. I mean, that's, that, what a story. I mean, it, I, I love where Kyle's calling out, what he's calling out here. It's always hard at the start. And no matter what the end result is of that difficult moment, mm. whether it's failure or, or a success, you're, you're going to improve upon it. You're going to become that little bit more comfortable with the discomfort. You're going to become that little bit more maybe resilient or, or adapt new ingenuity towards uh, future problems, future challenges. 
because you've gone through that process of learning. I think this is what, you know, the clip from Carl there is really all about. He didn't want to give up. So he learned and adapted and created a new method or form to um, combat that problem. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a vivid story because you can just see the choice. It's like, do I try and get ready or do I just accept that it's not possible? And the fact that he put a paperclip in, remember this guy has no hands and he puts a paperclip in his mouth and untangles, unbinds the paperclip so he can use it as a hook to get his socks on. Can you believe what he is telling? (laughs) It is so uh, powerful in getting us to reset what we think is possible and what is not. And even if it's more basic than that, it's a bit of a, for me, it's a nice cold shower wake-up call. It's like don't complain, don't give up. There's always a way. And, and, I, I just think that that is such a powerful um, starting point for us as we embark on 2021, as we're resetting ourselves and refreshing ourselves for this new year. I think none of this, it's not possible talk. It's all about, okay, well, let's think about it differently. Let's challenge ourselves And I think just embracing the challenge and it gets a bit awkward, it gets a little uncomfortable, but that's okay. I think just to put a a word on on that closing thought you just said there, Mike, I think it's ownership. I think it's owning or, or almost embracing that challenge that you might have and thinking, okay, right, I've got to adapt here or I've got to figure it out. Um, I choose how, I'm going to respond in this situation. Like Kyle was calling out, he went through a grief cycle in, in, a, in a few minutes or so uh, himself. He then, with his own ingenuity, figured out this, this, this way himself. I think there's a great lesson here within that vivid, vivid story. Mm. You own your reaction to these difficult moments. So true. So true. Well, there you go. I mean, look, that is um, a whole uh, plethora of thoughts, ideas, and inspiration around rethinking our very own potential. And it kind of opens things up a little bit here. I mean, it just makes you a little lighter. It makes you see maybe further into the horizon. And that's exactly uh, the idea of what we're trying to do here, which is learning out loud together Uh, so that we can indeed, as Kai would say, be the very best version of ourselves. And Mark, before we get into some more clips dealing with obstacles and challenges and how we win, I think what's been so fantastic is we've just finished the Rising Star series where we had the likes of Michelle Obama, where we had all of, you know, some of our real classic moonshotters that really that really were home runs uh, in 2020, David Goggins, Wim Hof, James Clear. But I think we should really uh, set our, um, our listeners up for what is ahead, what is on the roadmap of moonshots. We've got a pretty action. I, I'd like to say, Mike, we've got a pretty action-packed first quarter of shows. I do. I do agree. <laughs> yeah. There's some real, real um, good ones. 
you know, obviously kicking ourselves off today with with Kyle inspiring us to not give up and and turn away from challenges. We're going to then move uh, into a brand new series, an individual we haven't covered before. It's uh, author, uh, an original thinker, an innovator, Ryan Holiday, and his series of books all about stoic thinking, um, considering and rethinking obstacles in your path. And I think that's going to be a really great series. Don't you think? I do. Very timely, very timely as well. So um, I can't wait to get into that. I mean, we've got some real classics uh, around stoic thinking, ego is the enemy, stillness, the obstacles, the way. Um, very, very good stuff. And um, beyond that, we actually have a, a show that one of our listeners uh, recommended to us. Correct. Episode 115. So five episodes from now, we're going to be digging into Christine Lagarde, recommended by some of our listeners, president of the European Central Bank. Going to be a really interesting one, that. I can't wait to, to dig into the... Um, the structures, process, and thinking of Christine Lagarde. Oh, could you imagine <laughs> trying to um, <laughs> could just just imagine trying to uh, succeed uh, and thrive in the world of banking and finance as a woman? <laughs> I mean, that can that can only be a huge challenge, right? Yeah, it's going to be pretty uh, inspirational again. I'd say, you know. Coming from a, a sector that's that's pretty traditional, mm-hmm. I guess, um, and and breaking those boundaries yep. and breaking the mold. I mean, talk about a moonshotter, right? Totally. And and we should call out Bettina in Munich who suggested that we do Christine Lagarde. So a big thanks to Bettina for that suggestion. And by the way, talking about suggestions, Mark, we got another one uh, just this week, didn't we? We did from Mister. Thomas Halliday, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We love, 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 I can't say it enough, hearing from our listeners. It's really valuable to, to Mike and I when we do hear that you guys are, are enjoying the show and uh, more importantly, also giving us more inspiration mm. on who we're going to be digging into. So on our list now, we have Richard Feynman, a pretty powerful problem solver, uh, mathematician, and I'd say philosopher from the 60s. So I think he's going to be great fun to come on to later in 2021. Yeah. Now, if you're listening to this and thinking, how can you be part of the Moonshots uh, community? Go into your podcast uh, app, whatever, whether it's uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, um, leave us a rating, leave us a review, share it with a friend because that's how we grow our community. That's how we can learn out loud with more people from all over the world. And I can tell you that we we do indeed have listeners from all four corners of the world. It is so, so damn inspiring. I mean, obviously we have a ton from the US and Australia, the UK and Canada, but Mark, what's so exciting is we've got some really, uh, really exciting pockets of moonshotters in places like Denmark, Singapore, Portugal, uh, Romania, Malaysia, Pakistan, Czech Republic, Kenya, Nigeria, Hong Kong. It goes on and on and on. And we want to hear from you. And what we really love is when you tell us 
who you would like us to cover in the show, give us tips and feedback about the show. And Mark, there's actually somewhere they can go to do that. If they pop along, if you dear listeners pop along to www.moonshots.io, you will be able to follow all of our latest shows. You can listen to our archive of 109 shows so far preceding Mr. Carl Maynard. You'll also find some inspirational mantras, um, our uh, weekly blog newsletter, and also you can leave us a little bit of feedback via our our top navigation bar where we read every single response that you give us. This is feedback not only in the form of, hey, Mark, stop being uh, so uh, verbal and instead (laughs) focus on new innovators. This is everything we want to hear from you, our dear listeners, because we sit here recording for you, for all four corners of the globe. Fantastic. So I think now that we are enlightened with the world of our own personal potential and the best version of ourselves, in addition to that, we've invited you to help Moonshots be the best version of itself. I think it's only time now to get into the hard work of when we start upon this journey, when we try to get those stretch goals, when we try to go beyond the constraints, we get confronted with challenge. And as always, Carl Maynard has some great advice for us. And the journey starts with learning to fail fast. When I was younger, my dad told me he believes the purpose of parenting was to make me and my sisters a little bit better version of him. And I think about the time when I was born. There was a lot of fear and doubt and frustration. I was born without my arms and legs. And I don't have any kids of my own, uh, but I do have some pretty amazing parents that had an attitude that they weren't going to allow that to go and control and dictate and affect my life in any major negative way. Um, Doctors told them a lot of things. I might be dependent on on their help living at home the rest of my life, maybe dependent on uh, prosthetics or other devices, that it would be very expensive. They really didn't have an education. Uh, They didn't have a whole lot of money. There was, um, I'm sure, a lot of hard times early on. But they made that decision early on that they weren't going to uh, just to allow me to live a different life, that they're gonna go and treat me as, as normal. I have a baby niece now. She's eight months old and uh, her name's Kinley. I see Kinley reaching out to go and try to grab uh, the spoon when she's being fed. When I'm watching her do that, I, I thought about the first couple times that I would go and reach out to try to go and grab the spoon and then how hard that must have been for them to see me fail a whole lot. Learning how to pick up a spoon, holding it just between the ends of my elbows, like the way that I hold a spoon now. I'm sure it must have been hard. It was their natural instinct to want to come in and and try to help me out at first, but I had to go through those failures to learn how to do it. And some things came natural, some things didn't. Um, But now in in my life, I really don't have that many adaptations for things because of what they taught me early on. Learn how to eat with normal spoon and fork, just holding um, the silverware between the ends of my arms and swinging it around to go and scoop the food up. Learned how to um, shave kind of the same way, holding the shaver um, with the ends of my arms, writing with a normal pen, pencil, holding it between the ends of my arms. Uh, type about 50 words a minute on a normal keyboard. Um, now live in a three-story townhouse on my own. My bedroom's on the top floor. I've got a stool to go and get up to the bathroom sink. Uh, and my vehicle that I drive, I've got a Dodge Durango. It has lifted up pedals, extensions on the pedals. I use my Left foot for the brake, my right foot for the gas. It's a normal steering wheel. Put the seat up a little bit closer to the wheel. 
and it's become my favorite hobby to thoroughly freak people out in the Starbucks drive-thru. Passing my credit card real quick to go and uh, pay for the coffee and see people like kind of freak out, whoa, whoa! throw coffee all over the place. But to me, they, they did, they encouraged me to not focus on the disability. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in looking at the wrong things. And as, as adults, for, for me, with my niece, for maybe for you and your kids or your grandkids, I mean, they, they will watch you to see what you're focusing on. And I think if, uh, if they'd helped me with everything, I wouldn't have been able to, to learn how to do things on my own. I had to go through and, and learn how to fail a lot at first. I mean, a lot of great, great tips. Again, told from such a, a personable uh, and vivid storyteller, uh, Mr. Carl Maynard. This this positive mindset of Kyle comes through in all of these different clips, doesn't it, Mike? Mm. And I think it's just a great reminder, no matter what year it is, no matter what challenge, don't focus on the wrong things. Don't always focus on the... Mis misery, I suppose, or, or the failures. Instead, think, okay, right, well, here you go. Here's a challenge. How do I react to it? How am I mm. going to respond to it? And the positive mindset of Kyle here, I believe, is such a, uh, a stark reminder that you choose how you respond to these things. That's right. Why do you, why do you think we uh, we have this I mean, the best way I can describe, it, we often have such guilt about failure, right? Such um, mm. negative. Why is that? Why are we? Why, why do we beat ourselves up so much? You, you know what? That's a really interesting question, and I think that it might be the pressure that we put on ourselves. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. uh, my belief would be uh, if I'm struggling with with a with a job. And it's maybe it's not going, maybe the wheels are a little bit wonky and it's gone over budget or over time, or maybe somebody's not happy, whatever it might be. Instead of thinking, ah, it's, it's, it's my fault, or I wanted it to be uh, perfect, instead of beating yourself up on, on those, I think that's the, the natural human reaction, at least from my perspective, to immediately go, ha, huh, I should have done this better. Maybe it's, unnatural or unfair pressure that we put on ourselves. I don't know where it would spark from. Maybe it's upbringing, maybe it's um, education system, or maybe it's just human nature. Mm. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Well, I, I think I think it's an interesting thing that, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, you, you have these high expectations and something does, goes right, so you take it incredibly negative. When I mean the the one sidebar here, it's so curious that all of these great moonshotters have just got a default of oh I failed good what did I learn and what do I do next right they just move moving on as as uh, fast as possible I think that um, I think it's a little bit our selfishness and our ego to expect that things will be easy mm. or our desire for it to be easy. Um, and so I think, uh, this fear of failure can be quite crippling for people because they dream, they think about possibilities and then they say to themselves, 
oh, no, no, I, I wouldn't dare take that risk, right? Mm. Um, and I, so I think that there's a lot of ego inside of it. I think there's perhaps a little bit of uh, laziness and um, we are not engineered to go through and break our limits. We are engineered to survive and survival in itself is, is a thing, but when you do not explore the new, push your boundaries, have stretch goals, that's when it starts to become negative because you, you know, you abandon your dreams. And I think um, the capacity to jump, lunge into those things and embrace the discomfort, embrace the failures. And I think actually the path to success and being great is really learning from those failures. I mean, how many moonshotters have we studied who've talked about epic failure in their life? It's, it's such a reoccurring mm. theme and concept. And I think you're right. I think it's the ego gets in the way. So with our historic moonshotters that we've covered, I think a lot of them, if you ask them, they would agree and say, I didn't let my pride or my um, expectations of something being perfect getting in the way of achieving that dream of mine. And failure just happened to be a path or, a, or an obstacle to get around. Mm. And so I, I got on with it, mm. you know, similar to, to Kyle talking about uh, the scree field with the rock, the boulder coming towards him. He could have turned around then and said, oh, you know, it's pretty, pretty impossible, pretty hard. But he, he carried on going. I think that's a great um, metaphor for maybe the challenges that Elon Musk had with, um, with SpaceX and his childhood heroes kind oh. of turning against him, oh, right? That, that's, that, that kind yeah. of feels like a boulder coming towards you. And he sort he of kept going. Metaphorically, yeah, he, he ducked out of the way, kept on going. And he could have let his ego. Sure. So, nope, so, this is so I think what we can say about Elon is that he followed his own path. Uh, he made his own destiny. And the great news is we've got another clip from Carl Maynard that really illuminates the way forward. So once again, let's have a listen to Carl Maynard. And that really, if I had to go and like pick one thing that I would want to go and do and impart on the world is to combat that like excuse of impotence. It's really that... All of us, like in, in our own way, whether it's in an individual conversation, like we know for a fact, like we have the capacity to be able to go and do something, but it's only when we go and make that excuse that we're, we're incapable or we don't care, which is usually a lie, then, then we don't. And there's a concept that changed my life. Like, like, I mean, it's a big statement to make too, but it really did in a lot of ways when I learned this. And it was Alfred Korzybski said in 1931, he said, the map is not the territory. Meaning that like, the object, you know, language, you know, with our words, spoken words, it's an abstraction. It's not reality itself, whatever that means, right? So the territory being reality, like, that's whatever it is. But the deal is, is all of us go and walk around. It's a human, natural phenomenon. We all go and walk around relating to our own mental maps as if they are reality. Instead of realizing they're just a map, and some maps are more useful than others, right? If we make a map of Chicago, you know, and we've got 15 minutes to go and make it, then it's probably not going to be a very accurate map. If we use a map from 1960 of Chicago, it's probably not going to be a very accurate map. We know the more 
accurate we can go and get to the real time there, then the better off that we are. But for me and how that relates is, you know, it, it actually changed me in the sense that like, I felt like when I learned that, I didn't really have to go and prove anything to anybody. And it gave me a lot more freedom and ease to go and understand, you know, when relating to other people that that was just like somebody else's map. Mm. I love this idea of uh, redrawing the map. I mean, this comes back to what we said a lot earlier uh, in don't, uh, don't accept constraints and today's limits as being the end, but actually the start. And um, the way to, to get through this journey, what was really quite powerful for me is like this excuse making of all the reasons mm-hmm. why something didn't happen and how sometimes we can dwell in that for so long and then we might even start to judge ourselves or others or blame ourselves and others. And that means that you ain't going anywhere fast because you are dwelling in backwards negative thinking and you're not asking yourself, what did I learn? You're not asking yourself, what can I do next? And what's important is people seem to make such personal judgments of themselves, such strong uh, judgments uh, through their own failures rather and making excuses and judgments and all of this. And all we need to do is just pivot a little bit and look at it from this point of view of, okay, It's just one step along the way. Just because I failed, it doesn't make me a bad person. (laughs) I think that's some of the things we need to get over, right? Yeah, it's it's such a good lesson. Such a good lesson that things aren't just black and white. You know, I'm not a I'm not a failure or a success. I'm not um, a winner or a loser. You know, there is this concept of uh, we're going to get a little bit philosophical here, Mike. But there's this concept of interpreting your reality. Mm. And I think, you know, again, very focused on this concept of, ah, uh, it's too hard for me versus, okay, I'm going to go and give it a go anyway. Mm. That mindset that when you look at a challenge and you can see through that fog and you know how to go and give it a go or uh, tr- try and find a solution for it, I think that's very in line with not only a lot of the moonshots that we've covered in the past who look for those solutions, but also. Kyle and and this uh, reference he calls out here, the map is not the territory, mm. in in just re reanalyzing, I suppose, how we look at things and coming at it maybe in a different way. Maybe it's an original thinking, okay, we've got a business problem and we want to go and find the right product. We want to talk to the right customers. Or it's just a, a personal challenge that we might have. We might be feeling stressed or anxious. So instead, if we can think about it in a different way and know it's not finite, mm. that feels like, like a significant um, lesson that we can learn from Carl as well as the other moonshots. That, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm feeling, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that um, as we start to put together this body of work from Carl Maynard, there definitely seems to be this, you know, knowing your limit, going beyond that, um, and this idea of striving really just to be the best you can be. Um, And then as you go on that journey, 
you know, fail, fail fast, right? <laughs> and that's okay. And don't make excuses along the way. That's it. Sounds like a really important um, sort of almost a roadmap to follow, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You're right. It feels like an actionable plan mm. that you can that you can follow that shows you. Okay, you're going to go through these different cycles. Sure. You're going to have times that are really tough. Mm. You might fail more than once, but as long as you get yourself back up, learn from it, see it as an opportunity, and go out and give it a go. Hey, you're going to be in a pretty good place. Exactly to your point, you know, you reminded us earlier of the Joe Rogan show and how he was reappropriating discomfort and saying we should be embracing that. I I really do agree. This is a great comparison and connection here, Mm. which is, um, you know, don't give up and instead think of those challenges as opportunities to learn and grow from. That's so true. So very true. And, that all sets us up for, for this last clip that will bring it all home. Mark, what are these last thoughts from uh, Mr. Kyle Maynard? Well, you can't imagine just picking up this map of life and getting in your car and driving because you've got to learn. You've got to go through different cycles and, and challenges. And as we've heard from Kyle, many, many um, you know, occasional moments where things feel too tough. So this final clip that we're going to hear from Mr. Inspiration himself, Mr. Carl Maynard, is all about turning up. It's all about winning. Even if something as simple as like putting on the sock, the first 10 times I put on my socks, you know, there's a massive learning curve there. The next hundred, or the next thousand, the next 10,000, obviously I'm getting a much diminished return. But I do know that just like the sock or whatever else, if we go and stick it out long enough, if we go and like actually commit ourselves to it, that it, it just eventually we'll get to the other side. It was our last day, wake up at 6 a.m. We had to hit the summit by 4 p.m. or we had to go and like turn around at nearly 23,000 feet. The summit was, <laughs> it was in, like in sight. I wasn't moving fast enough. And I had a moment of just feeling sorry for myself and thinking like, we've been here for 17 days. I'm not gonna go and make this now. I'm gonna be literally a hundred meters from the summit. It was a moment of this like surrender. My guide, Nani was behind me. He was just like yelling at me, encouraging me. He was like, up Kyle, up, up, keep climbing, keep climbing Kyle, up. So then it was, you know, at that point, it was like, I see my friends like hitting the summit and I'm thinking like, been here for 17 days, like I'm, you know, gonna go and waste this, not gonna go and make it. And I was like, you know what? This is a stupid thought. Like no amount of thinking about this or whatever, wanting to be on the summit or imagining how far we come, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is right here. It was literally just, it was turned into a game. It was what I could see in my ski goggles. So with my head down is what I could see in my ski goggles. I was like, that's the only three feet that I have to deal with right now. And then I'm gonna go ahead and there's another three feet to go and deal with and another three feet. And all of a sudden my guide, about an hour and 15 minutes later, he told me to stop and look up and I'm 15 minutes away from the summit. And a couple of minutes later, I'm staying at the roof of South America with some of my best friends and it was an amazing moment. Ooh, ha. <laughs> Did we make the promise at the start of this show, Mark, that this is a turbocharge for 2021? 
<laughs> the mountain has been scaled. Oh my gosh. We've got to oh the top gosh. now. Let's just make sure we uh, can reflect back on it. You know, I, I love that just to, just to really drill it in, drill it home. What matters is right here in your ski goggles. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. The next step, the next step. No, fantastic stuff. Which of all of these thoughts has really captured your imagination, Mark? I think the concept of accepting your, accepting your situation, but not letting it limit your dream. Mm. So to, to coin the phrase that you said earlier, the stretch goals, you know, Kyle always had this ambition of MMA. Um, you know, he now lives, uh, you know, without any support. He, he drives his car. He's also climbed Kilimanjaro. You know, these are things that um, he stretched himself to go and achieve despite knowing where he was. And that for me is, is a great stark um, inspiration. Mm. What about you? What, what, which, which was your favorite piece from Kyle? I really gravitated to um, this thought that we got in the first half of the show, which is like, you know, find where your limits are and see them as the starting point to stretch goals, to going beyond your limits. Um, mm. I, I Rather than like, well, that's the best I can do, that's all I can do, Kyle's like, no, 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 no. That's just the start, ladies and gentlemen. I thought that was fantastic, didn't you? Yeah, I totally agree. He's He's got so much. He's achieved so much, but just the way he thinks, that positivity that kind of eludes from him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, Pretty good. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. And you know what I'm looking forward to, Mark, is the Ryan Holiday four-part series, which is next. Woohoo! Yep, starting with the Daily Stoic episode 111. We're going to then go on to Ego is the Enemy, a topic that we were discussing even today, mm. the Carl Maynard show. Episode 113, The Obstacle is Away. Episode 114, Stillness mm. is the key. Mm. Great four parter for the Ryan Holiday series. I'm pumped. Me too. So, Mark, a big thanks. Thank you to you and thank you. To you, our listeners, it has been so good to kick off the new year with a whole lot of positivity from none other than Carl Maynard. And what we learned today is sort of a step-by-step process to going way beyond to realizing our potential. And it starts with knowing your limits. But we don't stop there. We go beyond and we strive to go far beyond anything we could have dreamt of to be the very best version of ourselves. And when we go on that journey, we're going to fail. But what Carl Maynard has invited us to do is to fail fast, to learn and to see every failure as a chance to learn and go beyond our wildest dreams. And as we climb the mountain and the boulders start rolling, do not make excuses along the way. Do not give up because, as Kyle would say, if you turn up, you'll win. All right, that's a wrap of the Moonshots podcast.